0: Well, let's go ahead and stand one more time. We're going to get into the Word of God today. We're going to be reading out of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. If you don't have a Bible or are you not fast on the training, just listen. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Father, we just uh, come before you today. Thank you, God, yet again for a chance to be in your house. Um, Lord, just in keeping with what we're talking about today, God, we just pray that you would spur us to action, Father, that, that you would help us to see, God, the importance of, of being here, of what you've called here to be all about. And, God, that you would speak to us in a way that, that challenges us, Lord. If, if there's things in our life today that need to change as a result of this word, help us to do it, Lord, by your spirit and by your strength. So we pray for the person to our right and our left, God, and just for ourselves, that our hearts would be open to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys can be seated. So, um, I have three kids. Um, I have a six year old, a four year old, and a one and a half year old. And kids are a trip. You know, it's, um, man, you're, you're a perfect parent before you have kids. And uh, you hear all these stories about like what kids do. And some of you have not um, yet experienced the joy of parenthood. And so, I just want to give you a little taste of maybe what you're going to be in for. Now, one of the things that is fun about kids is kids pick up words. And um, you have to be really careful. What you say around your kids, right? Because I, mean, I always say kids are like the world's least flattering mirror. You know, that like everything you say or like your attitudes and stuff like that will just kind of come back. Man, the stuff that comes out of kids' mouths is just incredible sometimes. Um, and so, but one of the things, th- there's a word that, that my kids, because, you know, especially like the six and the four-year-old, they're in this, uh, they're in this phase where, where this, this word is, is just one that strikes fear into my heart. And it's something that, it's like nails on the chalkboard. You know, it is, it is just one of those words that every time you hear it, like, not this again. And um, some of you, you know, you may remember this, this phase. Some of you uh, may have gone through this phase with a sibling. Maybe you were the instigator. You were the, were the one that did this. That word is why. Why? You guys, I mean, parents remember the why phase where every time you tell them to do something, it's met with Why? Why do I have to do that? And, and, you know, then you give them an answer, and then it's, why? You know, and, and so this this is just something, man, I am swimming in this world right now, you know, and I try, you know, it's like we, we try to be the patient, godly parents, but, um, you know, that only lasts for about two or three whys. You know, once you've exceeded your why limit, you know, then your credit has run out, my friend. You know, you are now in the red, and, uh, you know... Why is just such an awful thing? You know, because you have an exchange like this. Hey, honey, you know, it's uh, get on our shoes. We're going to go to the store and buy our school supplies. Why? Why? Well, because you need to get ready for school. Why? Well, because you need to get an education. Why? Well, because you need to, you need to grow up and get a good job. Why? Well, so you can get a mortgage and buy a house. Why? So, well, so you can get things and, and have nice things. Why? So... So you can impress people that you don't know, and they think good things about, I don't know, just leave me alone, you know. And then so, you know, the kid goes, it's like, mommy, why is daddy crying? You know, it's like, you, you broke him, honey, get your shoes on, let's go, okay. you know. But why is it really, why is it a really powerful question? And, and if we don't know the why, often what happens is we lose the clarity, we lose the vision, we lose our motivation, our determination, to do things. Some of you, you're going to get up tomorrow and you're going to go to work and you just hate it because you don't have a good why. You don't have a good why. You don't have a good why. Why do I do this? You know, why do I go into this dead end? And you know, you need to put food on the. You know that part of it. But because you don't have a greater why, it's really hard for you to do that. Some of you, man, you just started back with school And you are asking, why? Why, God? Why? Why am I in this class? Why am I even doing this? You know, I'm sure most of you teenagers, but you know everything anyway. You know, I did as a teenager. And so you're like, why? Why? Can't you just give me the paper? I'm good. I can move on. You know, I'm in college right now, too. I'm finishing up a degree. Can I be honest? Sometimes I'm in a class. I'm like, why? I was in this class called Ministry and Technology. And it's about technology that you use. In, um, in ministry, and I think, you know what? I think I'm good here, I think, and I'm not, I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to be cocky, but I'm like, I think I know about technology in ministry, and so can I, just, can I just, you know, I'll just take a C if I don't have to show up for the next five weeks, you know, why, why, and if you don't have the why, you lose the vision. If you don't have the why, you lose the motivation. Eventually, if you don't have a good why, you just you, you stop doing that thing that you were doing, And so we're in this middle of this series, Welcome to the Neighborhood, and we've been pushing hard, invite your friends to church. Invite your friends to church. Pray about who you're going to invite to church. Invite someone to church. Invite someone to church. And I think it's healthy for us to stop and to ask, why? Why? Why church? Why church? What's the big deal about church? Why do we do this thing week in and week out? Why church? What's so important about being in church every week? What's so important about church that I need to put myself out there and invite someone that I may know or may not know that well or, you know, maybe even doesn't really like church, but you're asking me to go out and step on a limb and invite them? Why would you? Why? What is the big deal about church? What separates church from any other nonprofit organization? You know, we say we help people, but so does the Red Cross. You know, we say we Want to lift people up out of uh, you know the state they're in and help them live a better life? So does Goodwill. You know, we say we want to be a place where relationships happen and people can form friendships. Well, so does your local country club. What separates the church from any other nonprofit organization? And even more than that, why do we place such emphasis and such importance on showing up in church? Why are you here today? Maybe for some of you, you're here because it's what you've always done. Maybe you were raised in church and you know that, man, you know, Sunday rolls around and I know I'm supposed to be in church. I know being in church is the right thing to do. Maybe for some of you, you were, you know, you're a drug here. I'm here because my wife wants me to be here. So, you know, I don't mind it, but I'm here. I'm here because my wife wants me. I'm here because my parents made me show up today. So I'm here and it's okay. But, you know, that's really the ultimate reason why you're here? Maybe for some of you, you're here because you know you're you're just checking out this whole Jesus thing. And you're like, I I don't really know why I'm here, and it's kind of freaking me out that you don't know why you're here. You know, and so what's <laughs> what's going on there? Maybe maybe for some of you, you know, um, you heard that uh, Brad wasn't speaking today, and so you're like, all right, I got to be in church today. <laughs> it's all right. He gave me that joke, so it's all right. He gave me that joke. But it's important, if we don't know why, if we don't know why we do church, if we don't know why we show up, and if we don't know why it's important that we invite people and we invite people into this process and place of church, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it because we don't see the value. We don't see the importance. We don't see what it's adding. And so if we don't have the why, we won't do the what, right? If we don't have the why, we're not going to do it. We're not. So today, I want to look at why church. I want to look at what, what is God's plan with this, with this body of believers? What is, what is God's plan with this, this motley crew that we've assembled here this morning that, that it's so important that, we sh- the one, that we show up, and that, two, that we invite people into this process? What is the why of church this morning? So that's what we're going to look at today. And we're going to be looking out of that script, uh, passage of scripture that we read in Ephesians, so Paul's writing to the, uh, to the church at Ephesus, and this is an interesting time in church history because, um, you know, Jesus was, obviously, he was a Jew, and so there's a lot of debate and stuff going on in the early church about who is church for, because, you know, there were people who thought, well, Christianity is only for Jewish people, and then people like the Apostle Paul came along and said, well, actually, this thing is for everybody, and so, you, you know, you had Jews, and the people that weren't Jews were called Gentiles, and so Paul is, is writing in this time, and he's writing and saying, hey, there's this whole other group of people called the Gentiles, and we want to invite them in to what we've experienced. We want to invite them. And so that's kind of the setup for what is happening here in Ephesus and here in this letter as Paul's writing it to them. And so the church is trying to figure out it's why. It's trying to figure out why do we do this? Who's this for? What's this all about? So as the early church is trying to figure out, it's why I think it can help us figure out ours so Paul reveals God's plan for these outsiders he revealed and in doing so he re- is revealing his plan for all of us here he says this in verse 19 so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners you are citizens along with all of God's holy people you are members of God's family so he's saying hey you Gentiles you're no longer strangers but now you're citizens and you're members of God's family. Here's the point I want to get across today. This is God's plan for the church. This is God's plan for this church. And this is God's plan for you as an individual. The church exists to move people from being strangers to citizens to family. That's why we're here. That's why we exist, is to move people from being strangers to citizens To family. That's the purpose of the church. And there's all three types of of these people strangers, citizens, and family that are represented here right now. So I want to talk to each group here for just a moment. For some of you, you're here today and you're a stranger. And you know what? You're probably not even offended by that term, that I would call you a stranger because you're here. Man, you're just checking out this church thing. You're checking out this Jesus thing. You're here because someone, you know, offered you a meal afterwards. or You're here because someone bribed you or you're here because someone drugged you here. And, and you're not real sure about all this Jesus stuff. In fact, you're not offended that, you're, that I just called you a stranger because you look around and you say, yeah, this is all pretty strange. This is all pretty weird. Like, what in the world? Why are people raising their hands? And we gave money, in, like, we gave perfectly good money into buckets. What in the world was that about? You know, it's like, I, I have enough time keeping my money, and now I'm just going to put it in a bucket. And, like, where's, where are those guys taking that money? You know, it's like, and you, and you just you kind of figure out what in the world is going on. You're looking. It's like, how long is this guy going to talk? You know, you're looking at, the, it's like, is there crackers and juice at the end of the thing? Like, what is what is going And you're just, you know, you're checking this all out. And it's all kind of strange to you, and it's all kind of weird to you. And in fact, you would—if you know you're a stranger—if you would most identify with this statement, you would say, "I'm checking out this church." You say, "You know, I'm just kind of checking this out. I'm not real sure what this is all about. I'm not real sure what this Jesus thing is all about. I'm not real sure about the, these whole Christian things. But I'm, I'm checking it out. Maybe there's a circumstance in life that brought you here. Maybe, like I said, it was a friend or a relative. You're just kind of checking this thing out. Well, I want to talk to you for just a second because I want you to know something very important. You are welcome here. And not only that, can I take it a step further? This whole thing, this building, this service, this music, this talk, the kids' ministry in the back, this whole thing exists for you it exists for you so that you can have a safe place to come and to ask your questions and to bring your doubts and to say well what about this and what about that and, and what what did jesus mean by this and who is this jesus guy and what is what is this god thing all about and what is you know what is all of this and what is all the hand raising and what what you know when you're singing about this about no longer slave what is that what does that mean and what is this is a safe place for you to be. And you're not going to be pressured. You're not going to be armed. We are not going to, you know, slide a figure across that. What's it going to take to get you to follow Jesus today? You know, (laughs) there, man, this is not a place for that. This is a place where you can come in safety and security and you can come and you can bring your mess. You can, you can come just as you don't have to clean up. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to, you don't have to gussy up. You don't have to do any, man, just show up, just show up and keep coming and just keep coming and just keep. Just keep exploring and keep asking and keep doing, because this is a place that exists for you. And church, let me, let me talk to you now in, in the, the church body as a whole. We always need to be a place that has that heart and that has that attitude. A lot of our kids went back to school uh, this week. And you guys remember what the first day of school is like? You guys remember what it's like to show up into a place and not know anybody and not know anything and not know where I'm supposed to go. And you're looking around and you're trying to find your class and you're trying to find your locker and you're trying to see where you're supposed to sit and all. And it's disorienting and it's scary and it's intimidating. And we, to the best of our ability and to the, to the most that we can, we cannot let core church be a place like that where we all come in and we all know what we're doing. You know, we all have our clique and we all know where we're supposed to go and we all know where everything is. And we're not looking out for the people that don't know. We're not looking out for the people that, that look lost because we need to roll out the red carpet for strangers. We need to roll out the red carpet for people that are here for the first time, for people that are exploring who, what Jesus is and what Christianity is all about. And so I just want, if, you're, if you call Core Church Home, I want to commission every single one of you here, you're all on the guest services team now. Every one of you, you're all on the guest services team. It is, can I tell you, it's crazy that we have a team for people to look for new people. And like we've we've delegated that job to them. It's like, okay, you look for the new people and you go talk to them so I can go over here and just hang out with my friends. That is ridiculous. If we're part of the body of Christ, if you and I have been redeemed and, and we call ourselves Christians and we're saved now, it is all of our jobs to roll out the red carpet. It is all of our jobs to make people welcome. It is all of our jobs to be looking out for people that because that is why we are here. We exist for the stranger. But we don't want people just to stay there. We want to invite them into citizenship. And you remember what it's like being a citizen today. Some of you, you remember that. You remember being a stranger. Man, you remember walking in and feeling lost. You remember that disorienting feeling. And you remember not understanding anything and, and the messages and things like that. By the way, that's why I always try to explain. You know, Pastor Brad's really good about that. I try to do that as well. We always try to give context to these people. We don't Want to just say well the bible says this and we want you to we want you to understand cuz we realize you may be here and not understand any of that so some of you may remember being in that place but you remember one sunday it clicked for you you remember one sunday you you something happened you came in and this Jesus thing just started to make sense and more than that you realized that's what I want in my life i want to give my life to that i want to i, I need to be saved from my sin i need i need to be forgiven i can 't keep living life the way i 'm living it i can't keep going on i've I need help I need redemption. I need Jesus and you crossed that line of faith. you remember that you became a citizen into the kingdom of God and into the what god 's family here at core church and so you remember what that's like and so we've we 've got a lot of citizens here today and as a citizen you're you're growing in your faith you're growing and you're taking steps and you're maturing in your faith and so you know what a citizen you, uh, you identify with this statement here. You say, you know what? I attend Core Church, man. I, I attend, that's, that's where I go to church, and I, I, I love Core Church, and I'm, I'm growing, and, and I know that's a place where I can grow, and I can learn what it means to love God with my heart and my soul and my mind. I can learn what it means to love my neighbor as myself. And for Some of you, as a, as a citizen, man, you remember those steps of faith that you took. You remember getting baptized. You remember uh, the moment that that happened for you. For some of you, maybe, um, you know that church is important. And so you try to attend regularly. You come once, twice a month or, or whatever it is. And you, know, you try to do that because you know, it's like, man, I want to follow Jesus. I know I need to be in church as much as I can. Uh, maybe for some of you, you even consider taking a step. And as Pastor Brad was talking about getting on a team uh, for the anniversary, like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to, I want to get on that team. So you're maybe thinking about doing that for the month of September. Maybe you've given for the first time uh, this month uh, during the challenge that we've had about our financial uh, obligations. And so you've taken a step of faith. And you've done that. I want to tell you, that's a part of being a citizen. That's a part of growing in your faith and maturing as a believer. But for some of you, I just want to take a, a quick aside here as I talk about being a citizen in God's family, being a citizen in the kingdom of God. For some of you, you've made that commitment of faith. And, um, you know, you've you've prayed the prayer and you've come forward and, and you're, you're trying to come to church. But you're still really not sure if you're a citizen. You're still not quite sure if you're saved. You're not quite sure if um, you're really a follower of Jesus or, or what. And you you wrestle with these doubts. You wrestle with this lack of assurance. You're like, am I, you know, and, and you know, you think, okay, I, I try to do good, but, man, I keep messing up. I keep falling short, and I try to come to church more, but stuff always seems to get in the way, and I want to. But, you know, and you just, and you really wrestle um, with that commitment, um, can I, can, I, can, I notice, can I tell you something here? If you have not given up on God, God has not given up on you. And if you're here today and you feel like, I mean, I keep trying and, and I, I keep wanting to do better, but I know, I, and the, the fact that you want to is evident that God has done something in your life. And if you're here today and you're not sure of your salvation, I want, I want you, man, that the enemy would want to come in and try to speak confusion and doubt and fear into your life, and always having you try to go back to square one. But can I tell you, if you've made that commitment in your heart, even if you have not been perfect, even if you've gotten baptized, you have not been perfect, or even if you have not had the the church attendance that you wanted to, or you haven't served on a team yet like you thought you were going to, you haven't started giving yet like you thought you were going to, and you feel like you're the worst Christian in the world, I want to tell you something this morning. Don't give up. Keep going because if you don't give up on God, he will not give up on you. And you can be assured of your citizenship in heaven this morning. You can be assured that if God began a work in you, he will be faithful to complete that work. And so I just want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up because God will do something. He'll birth that maturity inside of you. And he wants to take you somewhere and it's a process. So he wants to take us from being Strangers, we cross the line of faith, and we say, "You know what? I'm a citizen now. I belong. I attend core church, man. I attend this church, and I attend. I believe in what God's doing. He wants to take us finally to a place of being family. And when we're family, man, family is all in. Family is is a self sacrificing family. is is an all in type of love. When individually being a part, being involved in God's family dynamic. It's that old saying of, you know, Jesus was my Savior, but now he's my Lord. You know, it's like I, I trust him for my salvation, but, man, now I've given everything to him. I fully surrendered my life. We use that term a lot here at Core Church, that we fully surrender our lives to him. What happens when we fully surrender is we become involved in God's family dynamic. And this, this is really important because for some of you guys, you've, you've crossed that line into being part of the family of God. What happens when we do that is we stop being consumers of the church and we become owners of the church. See, what I mean by that is is a consumer does this. Like if I go to the movie theater and I have a bad experience, I don't go back to that movie theater. I go to a different movie theater. If I go to a restaurant and I have a bad experience at that restaurant, well, I don't go to that restaurant anymore. I give up on it and I just go to a different restaurant. My loyalty is never to one, you know, it's just whatever pleases me. Whatever makes me happy, whatever I want at the moment, whatever, if I feel like I was wronged or whatever, I just just pull my service and go somewhere else because I'm a consumer. But there's a different mindset when you're the owner of a business. There's a different mindset when you're, when you're the owner of something. When you own the house, if something breaks down, you don't abandon the house. You have to roll up your sleeves and get out there and fix it because you own the house. And for some of you, God has called you and you've accepted the call not just to be a consumer Here at this church, but you've become owners. You've taken ownership of this church, man. You're the first ones in, you're the last ones out. You're the ones that give not only regularly, but you give with irrational generosity you're the ones that look for needs to meet. You're the ones that look around, and you look for the people that, that don't know. And you're looking for ways to invite others into deeper fellowship. You're leading groups. You're leading teams. You're volunteering as much as you can. Not only that, but you look for additional needs. You look for places that you can serve the city. And you get involved in different organizations all throughout the city, and you reach out through compassion. Why? Because you've moved from a stranger to a citizen. You have understand that I'm a part of the family of God. I'm a part of that, and there's a family dynamic that's involved, and that means I can't just sit on the bench and watch everyone else do something. I've got to get off, and I've got to wash the the dishes, so to speak, and I've got to get up, and I've got to clean the, the countertop, and I've got to vacuum the floor, and I've got to be a part of the family. And for some of you today, God's calling you. He wants you to take that step into being part of the family of God because what happens when we enter into the family is we experience love, we experience support. We experience accountability. There's there's a certain dynamic that happens that for some of you maybe maybe you feel like you know you come to church on Sunday morning and and it's good but you know there's there, there's something just inside of you it's like oh, there's more than this I know there's more than this I know this isn't all there is to being a Christian I know this isn't all there is to following God that's because He wants to invite you to experience His family dynamic that will we move from being a stranger to citizens, to family, move to this place where God has all of us. And we're fully committed to him, but we're also fully committed to one another, to to love and support and keep each other accountable. See, the Bible says this in verse 20, that scripture we just read, that together, 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 we are his house. That it's all of us together. Now, What I think Paul means by that is is that it takes all three of these groups to form the house of God. That as a church, we cannot be a church of just family. That we can't be a church of just family. Because we'll get all ingrown and we'll get all dysfunctional. We have to constantly be looking for people that are far from God. We can't just be family, we can't just be all citizens. We can't just be all just maturing believers and no one's taking ownership and no one's growing and no one's moving to this point where they're they're moving from just attending church to owning the church with it, it's my church. And we can't just be a place just to strangers. We're all we're all we are is just a bunch of people who are, are seeking and we don't really know and this is just kind of an entertainment thing and, and we're not really ever calling people into commitment. It takes all three of these groups to form a healthy church. And that's why we ask you to go out and invite. That's why we ask you to go out and do this, is because if we just become family, if we just become people that that say us four and no more, the church is going to get dysfunctional. Man, things are going to start to go off the rails quickly. What keeps the church healthy is we continue to go out and look for the stranger, and we continue to try to invite them into citizenship, and then we continue to try to invite those citizens into the maturity of the Christian family and experiencing God's family dynamic. That's what keeps the church healthy. And that's why we keep going out and doing that, because we know God wants people to experience his family dynamic. So real quick, with the time I have left, I want to talk to you about this family dynamic and why this is so important in your life and in my life. So later in verse 20, he says, he says this, that we're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. This is the part I want you to get. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. So God's building this church, He's building this house, all right? The house is composed of strangers, citizens, family, and the foundation of that house, the center of the foundation of the house, is Christ. Is Jesus Himself. So so why is this family thing so important to what God is trying to build? within his house and what he's trying to build with us, with your life and my life. Why is, what is this thing with family? Why is this so important? This is, this is why, this is why it's so important because the family that's built on the foundation of Christ is transformative in your life. And and here's, here's what I mean by that. You You ever, this is, this is, this is one of those silly, like, Preacher, questions that, that you ask, just so everyone will like engage with you. You ever notice how like life is not fair? <laughs> I mean, maybe for some of you, you feel like life's really fair, but for for I think for the rest of us, wouldn't you say that life is just not really that fair? And so I'm having a conversation with one of my good friends, and, and he's talking about how um, there's this thing he does. He's a teacher, and there's this thing he does in this class where um, they they do like these different values, and one of them is tenacity. And it's this idea that um, you keep working on your goals and eventually, you know, you'll reach your goals and, and become whatever you want to be. And um, my friend's like, you know, I want to talk about that, but that's not true. I, you know, you can you can want to be certain things all you want, but it's just it's not true. And, and then I'm talking to my wife a little bit about it too. And I'm just kind of talking about how, you know, you can have goals and you can have dreams and you can have all these things. It doesn't mean they always come true. You can have prayers that you pray, don't always get answered. You can have things that you really want in life, things that you really ask God for in life, and they don't happen. And it's real easy in that moment for us to expect fairness now. God, I really wanted this. Why didn't you do it? God, I really wanted that to happen. God, I prayed for that person not to die. God, I prayed for that job. God, I prayed for that promotion. God, I prayed for my child to come back. God, I prayed to have a kid. Why? Why? We're just crushed with this idea that that life isn't fair. And we wonder, God, why don't you give us fairness on this earth? I mean, I follow you. I mean, throw me a bone here, God. You know, help, help a brother out. You know, come on, God. Why don't you always answer the prayer? Why, why don't you give me the fairness that I expect? I mean, it's kind of how it worked in the Old Testament. You know, Israel, when they followed God, he blessed them. God, hook me up. Give me some blessing. Give me something. Why does it feel like it's always coming back on me? Why does it feel like it's always raining down on me? I want, I want you to know something that... um the early church probably asked the same question. When they followed Jesus, they were signing up for a life of persecution, a life where they could lose their jobs, a life where they could lose their friends, their family, a life where they could literally lose their own life, where they could be killed for their beliefs. And in that moment, wouldn't it have been easy for the early church to expect fairness? You know, Jesus, come on, you're, you're, you're God and, and you have all the power. Can't you protect us? Why did those people have to die? Why did those people have to die? Unfairly, unfairly. The only reason they died was because they placed faith in Jesus. That's not fair. That's not fair. And yet so many laid down their life for the cause of Christ. They did it joyfully, man. You look through the scriptures, Paul's writing messages from prison about being happy. And he's talking about how, you know, you're gonna have suffering. Even Jesus himself said, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Even Jesus himself said, In this world, you will have trouble and you will have sorrow. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Here's the deal, church. Here's what I'm getting at. The reason that you and I need to have the family dynamic of God operating in our life is because when those times come, when life is not fair, when those times come, when you are hurt beyond what you can endure, when those times come, when you have questions, when those times come. When you have doubts, when those times come, when you have fear, when you don't understand, you need the family of God to point you back to the foundation of Jesus. And that foundation is that he came to save your soul. He came to redeem you and restore your relationship to God. And that foundation is that our hope, church, our hope, listen, our hope is not here on this earth. Our hope is eternal. And there may be things that we don't understand right now. There may be times when we don't understand why God does the things that he does. But can I tell you something that we just see a sliver of the picture that God sees. And when I go through those times when I don't understand it, when I go through those times when it hurts, when I, I need the family of God to surround me and bring me back to the foundation that's about Christ. And it's about what God's done for my soul. It's about how he saved me. He's rescued me. And he's redeemed me. And he's turned my life around. And he's offered me forgiveness. And he's offered me hope. And he's offered that, you know what, the circumstance may not Change The circumstance may not get better, but God through himself and through the family of God will give me the love, the support, the encouragement, and the strength I need to get through it. And I can be an overcomer because I'm not walking through it by myself, church. I'm walking through it with the family of God. And you need that in your life. And this is what makes the church different than any other organization in the world. This is why we are not the Red Cross. This is why we are not Goodwill. This is why we are not the Country Club, because we have a hope that is eternal. Because we have a hope that exists beyond the grave. Because we believe that Jesus arrested death. That is our hope. And that's is why we invite people to church. Not just to hear some philosophy about what makes their life better, not just to give them tools on how to get out of debt or how to have a better marriage or how to have a better relationship with your kids. All that, that stuff's all important. The reason why we invite people to church is because they need to experience the hope of being moved from a stranger to God to a citizen of his kingdom, finally into a member of his family. They need to experience the hope of the family of God. Father, we um, we just come before you today. We just ask, Lord, that you would help move us into your family, that we would experience the family dynamic, Lord. Help us, God. Help us, God. If you're here today, um, and just something the message has challenged you and you know that God's speaking to you about something you need to, maybe you're um, a citizen, you know, you, you've made that commitment to follow Jesus from growing, but, but you know, maybe there's a step you need to take to, to get into the member of being God's family. Maybe it's um, getting into a relationship space in the month of September or getting on a core team, maybe giving for the first time, whatever it is, God's speaking to you right now. He's like, yeah, I know. I know I'm kind of in that citizen thing and, and that's cool, but, but I want to take steps. To getting into this family dynamic that you're talking about. Because man, that sounds awesome. Let me tell you, it is. If that's you here, at this place, can you quickly I just want to pray for you, raise your hand. Anyone in this place been a citizen? I know God's speaking to me, man. Thank you guys. Father, just pray for those that know they need to take steps into um, a deeper family dynamic with you. Just help them to do that. Give them the strength, give them the courage. Whatever it is, Lord. Maybe they need to maybe they need to invite someone just to go to coffee, and kind of form a circle. And do that. Whatever it is, God, we pray that you would just do that in them. Uh, finally, if you're here in this place, I was talking about being a stranger, man, you understand that's where you're at with God. You kind of know about God, maybe, or maybe you've heard this Jesus thing a little bit. You know you don't have a relationship with him. You know you're not following him. But today, as I talked, you said, man, that's what I want with my life. I want to be a part of a family. I want I want to know more about this God that loves me so much that he sent his son Jesus to take my place and I don't even fully understand all of that, but but I know that's something that, that I wanna commit myself to because, man, there's something here. I know it, I know it, I know it. If you're here today and you say, I wanna cross that line of faith and I wanna dedicate my life to him, I wanna make that commitment to follow Jesus, I'm just gonna simply count to three. If you're here in this place, you know you're not following Jesus. But you wanna make that commitment. You wanna make that commitment to give your life to him. I just wanna ask you to be bold. You're just gonna raise your hand. No one's looking around. Just boldly raise your hand. Don't let pride hold you back. Don't let your insecurity hold you back. When God's brought you here, show his love for you today. So if that's you in this place, you say, I don't want to be a stranger anymore to God. I want to be a citizen. I want to belong to his family. I want to belong into the kingdom. If that's you today, when I count to three, just boldly raise your hand. One, two, three. Anyone here in this place? Thank you over here on the side. Thank you here in the middle. Over here on the side, I got you. Over here on the side, thank you. Anyone else? I want to belong. I don't want to be a stranger anymore. I want to come into the citizen. I want to be a citizen of God's family. Anyone else? Anyone else? Church, let's pray together out loud in support of these that made This is why we're here, to invite people from being strangers into citizens and to invite people who are citizens into a deeper walk into being a family. Pray out loud. Let's pray in support of those that just made the decision. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing me here today no longer am I a stranger today God I commit my life to you from this day forward I am yours and you are mine forgive me for when I've wronged you thank you for rescuing me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for Changed Lives here today?